Hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of Sunday to Sunday. Good morning, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Inthalancy. Around the table with us today, we have Rebecca Sargent. Hey, friends. Yeah. Stephanie Nobles. Hi. Whoa, 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 whoa. And Pastor Anthony Braswell. Hey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the thousand, the foreign attendants, <laughs> and the millions listening in Cambodia, <laughs> your host, Jonathan Intelancy. That is an intro. <laughs> We're so glad to be with you guys today. If we sound far away from the microphone, it's because we are practicing social distancing. Right, but we are still near to you. Far away from the mic. Close to you. (laughs) So for our opener today, guys, I heard a guy last night saying, take advantage of the time that you have. Um, Why not learn a new skill while you're at home? And I got to thinking, what would I learn? So if you had to learn a new skill, like something you've always just wanted to know how to do, and you were going to do it during this season, what would it be? I feel like something that I would do to make my grandmother proud is to perfect a biscuit recipe. It's like a southern rite of passage. Oh, yeah. I've never done that. My mom refused to teach me because when she tried to do this in her youth, um, it did not go well time after time. She was making bricks. Uh, they <laughs> threw them out to a dog one time, and he ran away. So she mm. refused to teach me. So I think I would try to perfect like my grandma's biscuit recipe. Mm. Every, everybody's grandma has a great biscuit recipe, I guess. Yeah. Why yeah. grandma's the only one that can make good biscuits? Well, because they st- we stopped. We just kept eating her biscuits. Nobody yes. tried to make it. And she <laughs> That's never, a great they point. never wrote down a recipe. That's true. Oh, yeah, they just Was knew there it. ever anything unique about the biscuit that you could describe? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Just like it was fluffy mm-hmm. and it would almost fluffy. like melt in your mouth. I so Marianne's grandmother, we always called them three-finger biscuits because okay. right before she would bake them, she would press them with three fingers and they oh. would have little indentions in them. Hmm. And so we called them three-finger biscuits. Oh, gosh, that's cool. Interesting. Yeah, very cool. That. That's pretty neat. I also like it when there's a little flour on it. Mm. I like that, too. Mm. Or a little bit of, you can see a little bit of sea salt or something on top. Uh. Ooh. I'm so hungry, you guys. I enjoy the KFC. <laughs> That's the closest thing to a good biscuit I can think of right now is KFC. Rise has really good biscuits. Not an ad. Arise, my love. I Arise, my love. That's what I'm going to sing to the, the biscuits. no longer has a hold on you. No more death sting, no more suffering. Arise, arise, my biscuit. <laughs> that was so extra. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If you are still listening, wow. please. Um, that was a blast. We should do a concert. <laughs> Hey, he is doing a concert live on Facebook Thursday night at 7 p.m. Live worship. Is this every Thursday? Every Thursday. And you take requests? Yeah. Does it just have to be worship music? Well, after some people suggested like Sweet Home Alabama or something, I'm like, well, maybe I should do some secular stuff, I guess. Who did that? I have no clue. I did that. Uh, (laughs) Sweet Home Alabama. Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Devin. (laughs) Rewriting that song. Speaking of skills, I don't know if this counts because I don't know where I'd do this, but I have always wanted to learn how to parkour. 
Oh, parkour. parkour. You can do that in your apartment. <laughs> yeah, but not like the office, like when they like that one episode, they're like, hardcore parkour. And they're like jumping on like sofas. No, I mean like you uh, jumping from that. a building right, to like another building. Millennial people tell the boomers what parkour is. They okay, so you should know from the it's office. It's like extreme walking. Oh, okay. But I'm not a boomer. <laughs> So basically, trying to get from point A to point B without getting hurt, and in a cool fashion, it can include flips, it can include running real fast and jumping twenty feet. A lot of that stuff you've probably seen it in a lot of action movies. Like uh, you run and you like kick up off of a wall and right. do a flip and all this stuff. If you need an instructor, Bogey Sergeant, <laughs> the best parkour person I've ever seen. Would you like for me to Just demonstrate right now? Yes, Bogey's a dog. Yes, demonstrate for our listeners. Right parkour. now, while yes. we're listening, I'm going to yeah. demonstrate. I'm going to jump over this chair. Okay. Okay. Ready? All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Are we ready? Oh, God. Yeah. All of our listeners. Uh, this is parkour. Oh, 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 oh. Um, no. I will be preaching this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He gone. Wow. He gone. <laughs> Whoa, son. <laughs> oh, okay. Moving right along. <laughs> I feel like yeah. learning a new language would be really cool. You what know, over second. Um, well, I feel like Spanish is probably like would be the most helpful. Um, but I really always wanted to learn French because you know they always say they hate Americans. So I felt like if I ever went, and they could at least. I, get, I could at least attempt to speak their language. They would appreciate me maybe more. You could change the game um, for us. <laughs> change the game. Um, Do you have a good French accent? Oh, oh no. I ha- my, my only accent is the one you hear now, and it is horrendous, and that applies to all other can, languages can I try to speak. Can you give us an example of what it would sound like for you to speak? Um, un, deux, trois. Oh. That's one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> That's Italian. Is it? No. I don't know. I I took a class in college and I had to sing that song. I think it's French. Mm. Uh, what? There was a song there about. Ferrajaca. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ferrajaca, Ferrajaca, dormez-vous, dormez-vous. We always say dormez-vous. What's that song from? It's um. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh man, are you sleeping, little John? Uh, yeah, yes, sleeping. Are you sleeping? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. How are you this day, sir? Something like that. But I have a silly one too. Noodling. What is noodling? <laughs> Catching a fish with your bare hand, just standing oh. in some water. And Wait a minute, is that where they bite your the arm? It's the catfish. <laughs> they bite your arm. That's called noodling? I thought <laughs> you were talking about dancing. You know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. concerts, the people that like wipe their hand and wipe their arms around. Her, what she thinks noodling is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that's called. Maybe I should Google But I don't think that's you catching a fish. If you're sticking your finger or your... your <laughs> Arm in a fish's mouth. I think that's, that's the that's the fish, fish catching you. Good point. Pastor, what about you? I would learn to play piano. Mm. I have this thing in my head that I would like a baby grand piano in my house that I just sit down and I just play these romantic ballads and my wife just sits there and just stares while I play. Do you want to be David Foster? Yes, <laughs> you know I'd be David Foster, Kevin McPhee. I just want to sit down and just. 
Just play. Just play. <laughs> I wish you could see Pastor Anthony demonstrate how he plays the piano. Right. It's disturbing. I, I, I want to learn how to play the piano. I can play one song. I can play Surely the I'm, Presence in E flat. My mom told me that. Yeah. That's all I got. And I just want to be able to sit down and play. This is the perfect time. I can teach you the Rugrats theme song. Ooh. <laughs> I want to play, play some Chicago. You know what love was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> This is good. Good stuff. Well, we're going to segue from that You're the meaning in my into this life. next song. <laughs> You're the inspiration. Right. I'm so high. I <laughs> love it, love it. So we want to jump back, Pastor, to your sermon this past week. You brought up an awesome acronym you shared with us. HALT. HALT, which stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And these are four things that can contribute to us feeling the most vulnerable. So I just wanted to ask you guys, which one of those do you feel like you identify most with when it comes to vulnerability? Hunger, Hunger. anger, <laughs> loneliness. Hunger. T- <laughs> I think that's easy to say because I'm super hungry right now. But I think for me, maybe, mm, maybe when I'm tired mm. because I'm not on top of my game. I'm not always... The nicest when I'm tired. Stephanie's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Is that when Sasha Fierce comes yeah. out? <laughs> I'm not as patient at that point, I guess, and or understanding. So yeah. I can be really vulnerable then because I'm not myself or the self that I want to be at least. I do right. get that way when I'm hungry. My wife keeps food in her pocketbook. <laughs> and she'll say, honey, you need to eat something. Here's a nap. Here's a four-corner nap. So, um, so I would say I, I do I do need to eat, but for me too, I think tired. Um, anytime mm-hmm. I'm tired, I'm just uh, my mind's not where it needs to be, you know. And I, I become very vulnerable when I'm tired, so I have to make sure I get rests. I want to be like Jesus. I take naps. There you go. <laughs> I don't know why, for some reason, when you said that Marianne gives you something to eat, it made me think of her giving you a Snickers bar. You know, like you're not yourself yeah. when yeah. you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, honey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for me, I think it would be. The L would be lonely. Um, I live by myself. Wish I had uh, a pet like Maverick. I, I love keeping him sometimes. He is great companionship. Maverick's so w- my English-speaking dog. English-speaking. <laughs> he is a schnoodle. He is right? a schnoodle. Schnoodle, yeah. yeah. Um, made him sound really um, intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think sometimes I can get so much in, in my head whenever I'm not around people. That's why I like working at coffee shops and being around people. I feel like I'm my best self when I'm around others and when I'm alone I feel like I can really battle a lot of things that other people would be speaking against so I think for me that's something that I feel like I'm most vulnerable with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so how are you kind of handling that right now in in this season where we are a little bit socially disconnected right I'm trying to stay um, as connected as as possible we had our um, small group zoom session last night and that was really awesome so yeah. that was really good we don't have to feel like we're socially disconnected just because we're being socially distant and hopefully that was a point you made hopefully we we can kind of really see that being like what two three weeks into this thing yeah. like there's been a lot of creativity of people 
of how we can stay connected during this thing. And thank goodness we live in 2020 yes. that we have this yes. capability. Yes. Like even that. 10 years ago, like this wouldn't have really been possible, yeah, you know, been like terrible. it is today. Yeah. And that was a great quote. I actually stole that from Stephanie. Just because we're socially distant doesn't mean we're socially disconnected. I stole it from the internet. Yeah, that's <laughs> Nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. So one thing that we've been working really hard in this season is creating opportunities more than ever before to, for people to engage. And so all of our life groups that have been meeting for you know months and the last few years are all transitioning to online small groups for this season. We've launched new groups in this season, and we've encouraged everyone in our church family to jump in one of those groups. Um, Stephanie, if somebody's listening and they're not in one of those groups, how can they get in one? They can contact us on any of our social media outlets on Facebook or Instagram. They can go to our contact form on our website and uh, starting this week they can even go to our church app if you download the church center app whether you have a droid or an apple product you can download that app right there in the app store church center search for north park church in raleigh and um, all of our available groups that are available during this season will be there and you can request to sign up for a certain one if one's full it'll tell you if there's some that are open it'll tell you and we're just trying to make it really easy for everyone um, to be a part of that. And even if you're not part of the North Park family currently and you would like to be, you want to join in on one of these groups, you can do that. Like, this is for everyone. We just want to stay connected uh, to God and connected to each other in this season. Yeah, I'd also like to say, both on that app, Church Center, I encourage you to download it, um, or on our website, um, we'd love for you to send us a prayer request. We want to pray for you. We are here with you on this journey, and we commit to pray bold prayers over your life because we know that God honors bold prayers, and bold prayers honor God. And so we want to pray over anything. Maybe you are um, going through a difficult time because your hours have been cut back, or maybe your job's been cut altogether. Um, we want to know that. We can't step in. We can't pray for you if we don't know that the need exists. And so uh, trust us enough and, and share that with us. Just send us a, a prayer request through that website or that app. We want to pray with you because we care about you. You matter to God uh, and you matter to us. Another thing that we did this past Sunday immediately following service was pretty fun. Rebecca, why don't you tell us about that? You were one of our hosts. Yeah, so we did this really cool new thing where we had uh, lobby hosts and we had four, I think, different lobbies set up and um, these are virtual lobbies. virtual lobby set up mm -hmm. yes and you could zoom in and just hang out with our North Park family which was so cool I literally almost cried because when everyone's faces started popping up because I just miss actually seeing everybody like it's nice to talk but I miss seeing um, everyone's faces so yeah that was really exciting to just jump in and be able to catch up with everybody and talk for a little bit and hang out so I'm really excited to do it again next week. Yeah, we're definitely going to do it. The thing is, we've tried to recreate so many different things, worship, the message, and all those things virtually, virtually, and we wanted to recreate hanging out in the hallway because we all love to do that. Yes. We're yeah. trying to figure out how to swing some babies in that virtual lobby. <laughs> <laughs> you should swing Maverick and just uh, <laughs> be like, Harrison, this is you right now. <laughs> Harrison Madison, running down the hallway. That kid hates <laughs> me so bad. Oh. Harrison. Shout out to Harrison. Yay, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rebecca, in regards to that acronym HALT, which one do you feel like you identify best with? I would probably have to say angry and tired um, when emotions are running high or not really running at all. Um, 
when I'm tired and Grayson tries to wake me up to make me go to bed or I'm very, it quickly turns to anger or I'm just, you know, all over the place. Like you said, I'm just not, I'm not in my right headspace. Mm-hmm. And the same with anger. Um, in my infinite wisdom as a 32 year old, you know, all this life <laughs> experience, I have become um, slower to anger, which is good because right. I used to be a little more hot headed. Um, but uh, I find like, if it, I get to an actual point of anger, all that emotional buildup is also just very like overwhelming too. So it just it's it's a lot of buildup there, and so yeah, probably um, tired and angry right, would be right. mine. Well, we're about to go into another level of vulnerability with this next point. Um, this past week, Pastor, you said we discover who God is at our deepest point of need, and we want to be real with the listeners today and. Uh, and so I, in regards to that que- that statement that you made, I want us all to just go around and describe a time when we felt like Jesus really showed up in our lives. Um, we want to make sure that, that you guys on the other end know that, that we're just as human as you are. And though we, we work and we do ministry and do these things for the Lord, we also have our struggles too. So we want to make sure you guys know that we're right there with you. So I just want to open up that for discussion. Describe a time when Jesus really showed up in your life. I think that's a really important statement, you know, the we discover who God is at our deepest point of need because everyone has a story about need and everyone has a story about victory. Right. And and they all look different. And, you know, on the surface it may seem like, man, this was, they really needed Jesus then or, or maybe this one doesn't seem quite as big. We tend to do that, like compare our story to other people. Like, you know, I was just sitting here thinking about, you know, some of the things that you guys are able to share. And I'm like, um, this one time I had a mini stroke. And <laughs> like, that, that was, that's still, that is so <laughs> that huge. Was, right. Right. Well, right. for me, but it like, anyway. And so, that's right, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. and I think that was my point is, God shows up to us in our season at our mm-hmm. biggest point of need. And that might look different from somebody else's, but that doesn't mean he cares more or less for anybody. Like, the point is he's there. he's there during that need and 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 that would be a time that comes to mind for me like he's always been there for me but I don't think I've ever experienced like the true peace of God than I did during that season if if listeners if you don't know me when I was 28 like the day after my 28th birthday I suffered from Bell's palsy which is basically like if your face were to have a stroke so like half of my facial muscles stopped working like I could not smile fully. Um, I looked a little different. I completely terrified Rebecca. She was my roommate at the time. And when I went to tell her about it, she was, like, so calm. And then she, like, went upstairs for four hours and Googled everything. I did. I was so scared. (laughs) I had to go to the doctor. It took several months for me to be able to smile again. And, honestly, that was my biggest concern because I could still eat. That was important to me. Um, but I didn't look quite the same and I couldn't fully smile and that bothered me so badly. But in the midst of that, I experienced a peace like never before. Like I just knew it was going to be okay. Even if I was never able to smile again, or if I, if I regained a hundred percent use of all my facial muscles, like it, I felt 
uncalm sometimes at how calm I was. Like, I was like, why do I feel so okay? And I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that that was Jesus. And um, he paved the way through that whole process. Like, even doctors that I met, like, um, I had MRI and, like, met a neurologist that I got to talk with her about her relationship with Jesus and help her find a church, her and her family. And so God just set up that whole process, and, and he was completely there during a time where I really needed him and showed me exactly what his peace looked like. So right. that was that was my that was my first thing that came to mind. That's awesome. What about you guys? Well, first of all, I'm glad you brought that that point up because people listening will have, you know, maybe a story of tragedy or maybe a story that doesn't seem as tragic and regardless of where you are, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you and you have a need for him in your life regardless of what you've dealt with. Yeah. So it, there shouldn't be a comparison game of our testimony. Like we're all, it's just different. Yes, you know, it's not worse or yeah. better or whatever. The point it's just, is he's there. He's there. Yeah, it's different. So specifically for me, um, when I was 10, my brother was nine, my grandfather was taking us to baseball tryouts at the time. Uh, yes, I did one time went to play sports. <laughs> and um, I think because I was playing a video game or something, we were going to be late, so we were on a rush there, and we got there, and I remember me and Jamie just arguing like the whole time while we're at this tryout. Um, so we were already some tension there. We went to leave to go back home. It was really dark, and it was raining really hard. My grandfather was driving a small pickup truck, and he turned into the uh, driveway of, of my grandma's house and uh, a truck hit him on our or hit us on the right side where Jamie was sitting um, and he ended up his leg was completely crushing the door he just was basically he was rendered dead for until he got to the hospital he had to be revived twice anyway long story short he had to have his leg amputated and he had a lot of brain injuries and stuff like that he was in a coma for three months and he, he was dealing with all the, the repercussions physically, but then I was there to, like, witness it through it all. Like, I wasn't, I was basically unscathed being in the middle, but I, I kind of had a little bit of remorse and guilt. I, I wasn't, I wasn't a Christian at that time. I had not started going to church before then until my Aunt Vicky had um, started inviting us. Shout out to Aunt Vicky if you're listening. <laughs> um, so, once I started to get to know who God was, I kind of questioned, I'm like, well, Jamie wanted to play football when he grew up, and now that's just not a thing. Like, God, why would you take that away? And I think for me, I struggled a lot with doubt, and then I started to, like, lead worship and stuff. But even then, I kind of felt like an emptiness. Like, I I'm doing this for you, Lord, but I'm also kind of mad at you. I'm kind of angry. Yeah. And it just took a, a, a moment in, in high school for me to realize there's a lot of good that, that can come from that. And, you know, just like the story of Joseph, I mean, there's no reason for him to be sold, sold into slavery by his brothers, but God brought good from it. And, you know, what, what they intended for harm, he was able to bring good out of it. And, and I've seen now the, the impact my brother has had going to different churches and schools and speaking to them, and they think he's so cool because he can turn his foot around backwards and still walk. <laughs> <laughs> and over the years, he's, like, you know, taking it off and beat me with it because I've annoyed him. And then I've jumped on his back when he doesn't have it on so I can make him fall. And so oh, my goodness. It's, it's, you know, so... so Long story short, we just kind of, we made the most of it, and I think that, you know, looking back, this sounds weird, but if I could change anything, I don't think I would. Like, me being in ministry, him having the impact he has now, it'd be completely different, and if probably much less effect that, that he has today, so um, I don't think I'd change anything about it. It's made me who I am today, so. 
I remember that experience. I, I remember when it happened because I didn't know you, but I knew Vicky. She worked with us at the right. church, and, and so uh, wow, he's a great dude too. He is. He is. He's sometimes doesn't have a filter and just lets words fly out of his mouth before he thinks about it. But we let him have it. He says he's not handicapped. He's handy capable. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love it. He has a, he has a great mindset and perspective about life. So very thankful. Very thankful. Yeah. We discover who Jesus is. Right. 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 Uh, I have a similar, um, well, I was your similar age. I was 10 um, when my father was diagnosed with cancer. It was June of 1997, and flash forward to August of 1997, he actually passed away. Uh, but that is also the same time that Pastor Anthony was my student teacher. So if you've been at North Park, you know that uh, Pastor Anthony used to teach me in the fifth grade, and he did. And I know for a fact the Lord brought him into my life at the exact moment that he did because um, he knew I was losing the most important man in my life. So he brought another man into my life that could help raise me up and show me the Lord. And um, here we are 20-some years later and yeah. still the best of friends. Yeah. I'll be honest, that was one of the most difficult days of my life. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but um, I knew he had passed away before you did. And I remember standing outside in the hallway with Kim Hazelgrove and your mom and looking at you through a little square window in that door thinking this girl's life is about to change forever, you know. And that was so hard. I'll never forget that moment. But watching what God has done in your life uh, since that moment um, and, and the incredible, independent, strong woman that you have always been, um, man, I've seen Jesus in your life every step of the way. So... Man, it got real up in here, y'all. I am crying. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Um, you know, really probably around that same time, Rebecca, um, Marianne was pregnant with our first child. And I don't know that I've ever really experienced pain until some of those moments. When I was a kid, um, my sister went through a painful divorce and lost her child. Uh, her baby was born breech, and, and Tara lived for 15 minutes and, and died. That was the first tragedy my family had experienced. But I was so young. Do you know? I was like in kindergarten. And so I remember it. You know what I remember about it? I remember I was eating a piece of fried chicken. Wow. <laughs> I remember that. I remember I was eating a chicken leg when I found it out. To this day, if I hold a chicken leg in my hand, my mind goes back to that moment. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Wow. But, but I remember the moment. I remember seeing my family in crisis and pain, but it didn't impact me to the depth that it did then because I was just too young to understand. You couldn't process it. Couldn't. I didn't. I didn't understand everything that was going on. Um, so for me, I would say like the most pain I ever experienced was when Marianne found out that she had miscarried that first, that first pregnancy. And that was so hard. And, and I remember us just kind of shutting down, and we didn't want to be around anybody. We didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Uh, we just turned to each other, but we also turned to the Lord. And Marianne has often described that the Holy Spirit is so sweet to us in those moments. You know, the Bible says that Holy Spirit is a comforter. Yeah. And every one of you just described a comfort that you experienced at your deepest point of need. What is that? It's the comfort of the Holy Spirit who abides with us in those moments. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. 
I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. How does he do that? He does that through the presence and the power of his Holy Spirit. And, and no matter what you may be going through, listener at home right now, you need comfort. Your story is your story. And his comfort is what's giving you peace right now and, and breathing life into you. And, and, and his presence is with you. Um, he's just as close as the mention of his name. And there are some times that if I'm honest, when I'm praying, I don't have the words. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't have this elaborate prayer to pray. Like I, I can come up with some words on Sunday morning, you know, when it's time. There are moments I don't have the words to pray. I don't know what to say. And so I just utter his name. I just speak his name, Jesus, over and over. I just say his name, Jesus, because there's power in the name of Jesus. And, and I just begin to worship and I begin to praise him. And the Bible says he inhabits those who praise him. He, in, the, he inhabits the praises of his people, right? And so if you're in those moments right now where you're afraid, you feel lonely, you feel hungry, you feel tired, you know, you feel angry, whatever it is, just speak his name. You just begin to worship. And I believe that he's going to fill you with the same peace that, that you've heard about around this table today. And, and here's the other thing I would say too, is share your story. There's yeah. power. Right. Every one of you, when you shared that, you encouraged somebody today. And, and we need to be so much more bold about sharing our experiences and our story. Yeah. Uh, because to me, that is the greatest way to make a connection with Jesus to someone's heart who is far from him. I mean, if, if, if your heart is far from Jesus, I can start throwing scripture at you. There's power in the word of God. It, it, is, it is life. I believe that with all my heart. And the thing that's really going to captivate somebody's mind, their heart, and attention might not be a verse of scripture they've never heard before. It's probably going to be your story and what Jesus has done in you. Yeah. Right. And when they see that he's shown up in your life and in your crisis, then maybe they're thinking, well, if he showed up for them, maybe he'll show up for yeah. me. Right. When we share our story, we're letting people know that God is near, he is close, and he is with us. And that is the message of hope that people need. Like, everyone wants that hope that somebody is on their side, that somebody is fighting for them, that somebody has their best interest at heart. And at the end of the day, that could be multiple people, but even if none of those people exist, that like that entity is God, and He is there. He is for you, and um, that's what happens when we share our story. We're sharing that message that He is close and He is with us, and um, I think that's what gets us through those moments when we have to halt, when we're right. hungry or angry right. or lonely or tired and whatever that looks like. Um, Thank you all for being vulnerable and sharing your yeah. stories today. We'd love for you to join us this Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to be online once again. Uh, we're going to be yeah. right here with you through this process. And the message that I'm going to bring this Sunday morning, I'm very excited about it, is called Hope in Uncertain Times. And if there's ever been a day where we needed that message, it's now. We right. all need hope because yeah. these are uncertain times. And so we can't wait to worship with you Sunday morning. Come to my lobby. <laughs> no one else it's just Rebecca Love. I mean and Grayson's is the sergeant lobby Grayson is there too <laughs> well that's all the time we have for today just a reminder for our listeners we release these episodes every Wednesday and we want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast we're about to get vulnerable aren't we it's about to get real up in here Oh, God. Man, who came up with these questions? That's why I would be like, wow, the turntables. the turntables. We've really switched gears here. Mm. About to do a pivot turn real quick. Pivot.
For more information and links to resources mentioned in today's episode, visit northparkrdu.com and click on the podcast page. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Join us every Wednesday for new episodes of Sunday to Sunday. <laughs>